All right, we're back. Back live on Inappropriate Earl, episode 82, episode 81, fresh out of the oven with the lovely and talented Melissa Archer. <sighs> Days of our lives and uh, One Life to Live and uh, many other things coming from her. So uh, check that out if you haven't. And I've been getting a lot of requests for uh, my Night of Champions review. And uh, thank God for the WWE Network. $9 is about what that thing was worth. Uh, I don't know who... Uh, you can't even uh, buy pay-per-views anymore on uh, DirecTV. You have to go uh, WWE Network, so that's the times are changing. Um, and as always, I have the great Jordan Lee with me to break it down. Oh, dude, these motherfuckers really hit a soft spot for me on this one. This might be a record appearance, uh, fifth or sixth appearance. Hey, but, when, it, when uh, it's good, it's good. You bring it back, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's just briefly review the the rest of the matches. It started out with uh, Ryback. The, well, I mean, on the uh, the pre-show, it was the all uh, oh, right. Let me see the uh, Cosmic Wasteland, which is Stardust and the Ascension. Uh, they defeated uh, Neville and the Lucha Dragons. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone cares about anyone. Uh, uh, you know, they're starting Neville at the bottom, I guess. Dude, I you know what? I'm really liking uh, Stardust. I really do. I, I, I There's something about, it, you know, they're not giving him anybody to work with, really. But as far as the character development, the guy's really interesting. I mean, I like that he's like kind of like the evil gold dust. Yeah, he's kind of like a joker, almost. But, and he's a great wrestler. I mean, he, it, but, you know, who cares about actual wrestling? I, and and maybe it's just because the rest of the talent is just so fucking mediocre that anybody that's halfway interesting shines. And I know Neville's b was big in NXT, and, uh, you know, he's young, but. Uh, fucking boring. There's a reason what this wasn't even on the, you know, the pay per view card. I mean, uh, you know, if you couldn't get on this pay per view card, you better, uh, you know, think about a new career. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this was an awful uh, card. Uh, so, uh, first match on the main card, uh, Kevin Owens defeated Ryback. Fucking loved it. She raking his eyes. Only uh, Dude, only wrestler that I'm really feeling right now, as far as the WWE goes, he's really the only one that I'm like, yep, I buy him, I love where he's going, and I love his his potential. The guy creates moves in every match that I've never seen anybody else do. Oh, he's great. I mean, I actually like that he's kind of pudgy and it's not like some muscle-bound gorilla. Well, I don't know if I ever told... I think I told you, when I used to go to Pro Wrestling Gorilla, like the independent circuit, like in 2006, and he was the champion of that. He went by Kevin Steen, and he was... I mean, we're talking in a venue that held maybe 80 people. He was the best wrestler you could ever heckle because he'd talk back, he'd get angry, he'd get pissed off. He really is the Kevin Owens character, man. So it's like, it's cool to see him make that jump who's kind of like uh who was it i think uh batista when i was sitting front row at raw at staples center i yelled out faggot at the top of my lungs <laughs> and he got right in my face and poked my chest and said takes one to no one pal <laughs> that's uh, awesome yeah, it was great. dude i had a buddy who used to be the head of the box office at staples center so anytime uh <laughs> there was a Monday Night Raw. Uh, I would get to sit in the front row. So I'd be on TV oh, the whole night. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'd love to watch some of those. The only one I remember, uh, the only other match I remember was uh, 
I think it was Kane's wedding, maybe, or something. Yeah, it was Kane's wedding, and they had Tajiri bring out Poontang Pie. <laughs> and The Rock came out, and uh, I think Billy and Chuck were still a tag team. Oh, um, fuck, man. That's, those are the good old days of the homophobic uh, yeah. angles. So, so, so basically... We have the the uh, Kevin Owens match, and you could have just fucking shut it off right there, and you would have been fine. Although I did like the uh, next match, Dolph Ziggler and Rusev, uh, with the uh, you know Summer Rae, but poor I, I don't know what? who's had worse luck with women, me or Rusev. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, how many more matches can we have Rusev lose by his woman interfering and accidentally costing him the match? What is that, four or five in a row now? They should probably tag me up with Rusev. <laughs> call us the cunts well dude what happened to Dol Dolph Ziggler took his last girl I didn't she was nowhere to be found what happened there I think she got a legitimate injury a couple weeks ago I think it's either as the wrestling fans will know it was something with her ankle and uh, <laughs> we're not there to watch her ankle I mean, Earl. Well, we're there to watch yeah, the tits but, I, mean, I mean she can't walk she can't get those big bombers out to the crowd and I'm assuming she was in a match with Seth Rollins and got hurt. Uh, Jesus Christ, man! Can I, I guy work any fucking stiffer, dude? I mean, I I love I love uh, Dolph, but he he's like almost like the nice Rick Rude is how I would kind of kind of characterize him to people that don't know who he is. But man, it's just his matches. Just there's something about him that just. It doesn't, there's no energy to him. They tag him up or they have him go against these guys that are complete opposites of his style. And then the match just drags and fucking drags. Yeah, they should have like Ziggler with like either Kevin Owens or like someone who can move. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Bring in Samoa Joe. This is ridiculous. Yeah. They got to get yeah, Finn Balor, somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, Finn Balor's not even on this card. I mean, I know it's Night of Champions, but I mean, Ryback is like a slower-moving Goldberg, and uh, I'm a Jew, and I don't like to talk bad about my people, but, you know. Especially I, on a holiday. Yeah, I mean, happy Yom Kippur to all you Jews out there. Fasting your life away. So, and then next we had uh, the Dudley Boys. It's uh, Bubba oh. Ray and Devon defeated New Day. Uh, the minstrel show. The, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. That's Jesus the, Christ. Uh, bathroom break uh, part of the show. That I mean, there's a. I mean, they've got a hype man out there. New Day. I mean, it's it's everything that's. I mean, it's it's pretty much like an a 1980s uh, hip hop group like Guy or somebody like that. New edition with a hype man that stands out there blowing a trombone. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I mean, it, it's not the tag team divisions. It's not good when you have to bring in the Dudley Boys to spruce it up. I mean, why not bring in Sags and Knobs? Yeah, well, dude, and we love. I mean, I like the the Dudley Boys, but once again, you're gonna as we'll get to later. They just can't let any of these fucking guys succeed. They bring them in just to fucking bury them. Yeah. I mean, they had a pin going down one two, and on the three count, trombone guy with the fucking red cornrows jumps in, and and and. Ends the match interferes in the match the match is over jesus christ as if we didn't see that coming that's almost that was 80 percent of the uh decisions on these things are interferences and fucking disqualifications and they don't even have like the, i don't even think they did the tables the, we didn't even get they the did tables. at the end after it was over they apparently okay he's so I'm gonna be honest, i fell asleep on the couch during this match so new day here's what they were talking about new day all week had been on twitter 
starting a petition calling it save the tables and they were saying that that uh the tables were in jeopardy as long as the dudley boys were there so they didn't want any tables involved in this match then once the match was over and the disqualification happened what do you think new day did they went under the the fucking mat and they pulled out tables they brought them up on there and then the dudley boys ended up turning around and they put the trombone guy through the table I mean, we knew that was going to happen. It's just typical, predictable WWE shit. What they should have done was have the Dudley boys chase him back to the back and then crush him on a table instead of just the typical, predictable bullshit that they always do. I mean, there's no, I mean, outside of in the Ascension, there no one cares about them. Uh, the tag team division's a little limp. Uh, you know, it's like I said, if you have to bring back the Dudley boys to spruce it up, you got big problems. Dude, you have to bring back Jericho to bring it b- back, then you got a problem. Yeah, but uh, well, I mean, Jericho, he, you know, he's a great wrestler, but he's got too many things going on outside of wrestling. I mean, why would you want to wrestle when you can host a show on ABC or like, why not? You know, you're gonna break your fucking front of back. band. He's doing, he's doing, yeah, he's doing pretty much everything. Got a podcast. It's very successful. He could not wrestle again, and he's fine. But that was that. The next match was at the Divas. Next. The next match was a Charlotte with uh, Paige and Becky Lynch defeating uh, Nikki Bella, which was a big deal because uh, longest Nikki, reigning uh, champion or whatever. Longest, uh, Nikki Bella, I think, it was three hundred and one days, and uh, Charlotte. Uh, she looks just like her dad, which is not good <laughs> if you're a girl. Well, here's the problem with that: they're embarrassing Ric Flair. They bring him out there every time she wrestles, and dude, he turns into a fucking crybaby. He cries constantly, and it's just, that's not what you want to see the Nature Boy do. They have him participating in these um, these behind-the-scenes, you know, quote-unquote behind-the-scenes conversations that are on camera, and he can't even get his words out. He's jumbling over his words, and when did Ric Flair ever have a problem saying, where are we going to go party tonight in Houston? And he couldn't even get that out. He's just—he's a crying mess, and it's just one of those things where I'm like, I love seeing him, but only seeing him, no talking anymore. Well, I don't know what's worse. I don't know whose hairline is worse, uh, his hairline, Sting's hairline, or uh, Tom Flores, the old coach of the Raiders. <laughs> uh, I saw him on some TV show today, as uh, I don't know ESPN or something. Like, Jesus Christ, just shave your head, man! Dude, I stopped over at the Seven Eleven on the way here, and I could have—I saw a dead ringer for Captain Lou Albano all the way down to the captain's hat. Oh, really? Well, it was probably him. <laughs> so uh, you know, for you and uh, the women, just don't get any reaction in the crowd. I think no, should, the guys don't care. They got to ditch the women wrestling, and I mean, I know they're not, but get you the know why they ballets. won't? You got to get the valets back. Right, but the reason that they they're not going to do it is because so many people love that TV show. That, Total divas. Oh man, is. I meet so many girls on sets and shit that tell me, "Oh, I've, I've never watched wrestling, but I love watching Total Divas." So as long as that's a thing, as long as they can get women on board with that, they're going to keep that shit around. But so it's the worst acting ever. I mean, it's- they don't connect. None of the moves look like they're actually doing them for the well, most I'm a part. Divas. I mean, it's just like oh. the worst <laughs> overacting. It makes uh, Gene Simmons' family jewels seem real. Um, <laughs> and, that, and you're a fan. I'm a huge Gene fan. We bonded recently, but, uh, you know, just, but it's a hit, you know, yeah, but anything can be a hit on E. I mean, you could just put a glass of water in the middle of a room, put a camera on it, and he would... Dude, I think they have. I think they've tried that one. Give it a primetime show. 
So uh, that's, uh, you know, fifth match on the card. And then we get into the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, and Braun Strowman, who's the fucking monster. God damn, he's a fucking beast. Yeah, he's a big guy. and uh, He's going to be a star. Yeah, if, you know. He'll break out of that group I like soon Luke enough. Harper, though. It's something about him. He's really good. There, uh, I, there's something I like about all three of them, but I don't like them together. I, I can't tell you what it is. And, and that's another one that I feel like Bray Wyatt, they just... They buried him. They do. I mean, that guy just, for some reason, they do not give him any opportunity to shine. And he's got a good thing going on. He's, I'd like to see, my thing is I want to see him and Owens. I like his dad, Mike Rotundo. Yeah. Erwin R. Scheiss. Yeah, IRS, yeah. Uh, but that that match was another one where it's like they're trying to force Roman Reigns down our throat with this this shield kind of gathering, and nobody really cares. And they brought Jericho out to be their secret partner, and Jericho ends up basically tagging himself in against the 400-pound monster and ends up losing the match. I don't like that finishing move Strowman uses. It's like... I mean, I'm sure he could actually choke you out. He's so yeah, big. like where he throws your arm over one side, and like yeah, I don't know. It's a weird bear hug kind yeah, of thing. Like a bear hug sleeper, but uh, but you know he he probably could do it. So and uh, and then they end it with Jericho standing up and like basically like doing a hair flip almost, like as though like he's not going to respond as to why he tagged himself in and lost, and he just storms out, and then the crowd boos him and whatever, you know, almost making him a heel. I mean, well, he can be heel or face, but he's a better heel, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, I don't know. I, I don't think people were that knocked out of the park by... I don't think they cared about that match at all. You know, you needed to bring in someone who hasn't been on the air in a while. I mean, you got Jericho. I guess Tough Enough is over. That was a horrible show. I didn't even see who won it, but... Oh, not not one of those people will be in the business in a year. Yeah, I, I remember seeing uh, J Jim Ross making a comment on his Twitter saying, like, when the black dude, I forget what his name was, he goes, once he got, when he got eliminated, I don't see who they could possibly think that they're going to pick out of this group. And well, I think there were four or five left at that point. Well, that black dude, I, I mean, he... You know, he, he wasn't that big. He wasn't that fast. He was just there. I mean, if he was white, you would have been get rid of this guy. Yeah, no uh, personality to any of them. Or I mean, he who was, won the crocodile guy? Did he win? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Okay, I, I, I tuned out after. Hulk I only Hogan. saw the only one I ever saw was the very first one where they are picking the people, yeah, and the crocodile guy doesn't make it. But then somebody else ends up getting injured the first day, and they they put the crocodile guy in. And then I, I mean, saw he was in the final four. I tuned out when they had the crocodile guy naked in the jacuzzi i'm like all right it's this if this is already and that's saying something because that's usually what pulls you in not saying you're gay but you, any kind of nudity you're at least gonna watch first of all i've gotten more <laughs> pussy than most of my <laughs> listeners combined I, I just don't brag about it uh-huh you ask around at the comedy store. I've seen. I, I I've seen a, the hand, the roving hands. Well, roving feet, hands, you know, and they these girls Zippers. All, these fucking girls all leave me because they think the grass is greener. Well, uh, guess what? It's shit brown. That's right, you fucking apes. You're not gonna find a guy with a bigger dick money and it's funny. You might find a guy with a bigger dick, but he won't be funny. He won't have a shoe collection like Earl has. Nope. I'm in a paid-off condo in West Hollywood. I got a paid-off car so I can afford to take you fucking gold diggers out for money. But you keep fucking the guys you're fucking. That That's works, fine. Works out for you most of the time, right? <laughs> uh, 
So uh, <laughs> there you have yeah, that. So we can bypass that horseshit match. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I just don't think anyone cared about the storyline. I mean, they're, they're trying to do... It was a total... Kind of a rip off of the bash at the beach, you know, with Luger and Sting. Yeah, and totally. Partner. And then, uh, but at the end of the day, it was like, uh, oh my God, Hulk, it's finally WCW was doing something right. It's like, oh my God, Hulk Hogan, no one saw that coming. Uh, but it really, you know, it's either yeah. going to be Jericho or Orton. Yeah. And that's, I, I, dude, I mean, you're absolutely right. Before the match started, I remember walking around my apartment going, just show Randy Orton. That's who it's going to fucking be. Or like maybe they'll throw a real curveball, maybe the Undertaker. But other than that, I mean, we knew who. I mean, or even a guy. They only got like, twelve guys they're pushing right now, so it's it's pretty easy to figure out who who they're going to use. Or repackage Jack Swagger and or someone like that. It's like, oh my god, he's what's this guy's doing? I mean, it's just so now let's get to the meat of the bones, the bone of the meat, the Rollins matches, uh, the Rollins, uh, Cena, yeah, Cena defeated, uh, Seth Rollins. So you figured Good Rollins match. Yeah. You figured he was going to lose one of the two matches. I really thought, uh, sting would, would win. And then Seamus would cash in. Uh, so, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a good match. I mean, they bumped for each other. They, you know, Cena, you know, gets a lot of shit for his wigger shtick. He's I- a great wrestler, man. I, the more I watch him, the more I, I go. He he's one he's one of the few on there that really deserves a push because he really makes shit believable. He really gets he really puts his full body into it. Like the guy doesn't he he, he takes bumps and gives bumps. I like that about it. You know, most of those guys don't. But he's a tough guy to, like, market because the kids love him. The adults hate him. So I think that's part of the charm, though. That's, like, kids never want to like the same person that, like, their parents like. I think that's a little bit of the charm. And and he kind of feeds off of the the Cena suck stuff. It doesn't bother him. But, I mean, it's like, that's when you have half the crowd, like, like the parents are the one buying the shirts. I just keep waiting for him to go heel. I keep waiting for the the Bret Hart move. They kind of did it a few times with him already. I, I don't know. I just you know, but I don't think they will because then the kids won't want to buy shirts. Right? Like, I don't want to buy the I don't want to buy the bad guy shirts. The adults will probably start buying the shirts. I just bought a Sting shirt on uh, WWE. The, I bought a Sting shirt, a mask, and uh, gloves. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> Fucking, I saw you wearing the mask. It's, it's fucking cocksuckers. What about the the jacket? You're not going to get the big jacket? I need the big a duster. trench coat. Yeah. If any fans out there know of a good leather shop, uh, you know, a duster. I need a duster. But, uh, so, but And a baseball bat. Yeah, and a bat. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Because uh, I, uh, if that's what you're doing for Halloween, I'll let you in on what I'm doing for Halloween. Well, I was going to do it for my next roast battle if I ever do like a... a uh, you know uh, uh, another wrestler you know i'm trying to do roast battle with dolph ziggler he's just he's never in town on tuesdays but i would come out like sting that'd be a good one i'd have the sting army i'd go on wwe.com again i'd buy like 10 sting masks because they're only like nine bucks yeah yeah I figured. it is a good deal i mean for nine bucks i can't believe i don't have my sting shirt i had an original when he first went crow yeah i wish uh, i wasn't i didn't really I cut buy. the sleeves off but i i remember having it 
I didn't really buy WCW shirts back then. Uh, I wish I would have. I bought that one, and I bought the very first Hulk Hogan, that, like, airbrushed one where he was wearing the Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, I had that. And, like, he was flexing on the... I had that one and gave it to a buddy. I wish I had that. Those are, like, $100, $200 shirts now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had about maybe 30 wrestling shirts, and I gave them to some retarded kid I knew. Like, literally, he was retarded, but he was a wrestling fan. (laughs) Is he a comic? Um, Yeah, I think he is. Uh, It's real hard to understand. Uh, but then I just bought in the last couple of months. Well, I bought some Piper shirts, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then I Me bought too. two Kamala shirts, uh, which are awesome shirts. One is just Kamala's face in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's I've a seen brown that shirt, and it's just. And I get the weirdest looks at the gym when I wear it. Like people are like, "What the fuck?" And then uh, the other shirt is like the two moons and the star no, oh two, like his belly yeah so it's two stars <laughs> they should have drew the tits on there too the moon on the belt but it's just a brown shirt so it looks like you're almost tattooed and i get even weirder looks with that shirt why do you have a banana on your stomach <laughs> yeah whatever that thing was I mean, <laughs> it was a moon but he said did you ever hear that story where he he went up to jerry lawler after like two or three years of doing that character he goes mr lawler why do you always paint this banana on my stomach he goes that's a moon he goes oh I thought you were making fun of me for this whole time. <laughs> like, well, he probably was. So. <laughs> well, who knows? He's also on uh, what? Uh, what is he on? Uh, Kamala. He's on YouTube uh, talking about his diabetes, and uh, he's like, "I didn't think uh, the diabetes was bad for me." Well, he might not have tanked, but he should have <laughs> thanked. <laughs> But uh, that's a catch Kamala. Uh, yeah. You know, he's uh, his book, uh, Kamala Speaks, is really good, actually. It's pre- yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start it actually this week. It's the best wrestling book I've ever read because I don't know if he, how many have you read? Well, a lot. I've been, uh, do you, do you have Piper's? Uh, I don't. Actually. I don't I don't have his. I know he found like a box of him and was selling them on his website at one point and I missed him. Um, I, I read a couple books about Benoit, a Jericho's book, which was really good. Uh, I have Hogan's book, but uh, signed by him and Jimmy Hart at the Barnes and Noble. Well, I'd like to get the uh, the revised edition of Hogan's <laughs> book. <laughs> Can imagine what that would. Well, be. that was a. I mean, I, I liked uh, I liked the Cena Rollins match, and it was an interesting finish where. Rollins decides he's not going to do the next match, grabs the title, and tries to walk away. And Cena confronts him at the uh, the ramp, and then ends up like basically stone cold stunning him on the ground, didn't he? See, I thought Sting was going to come out and push him, or there'd be some like. I thought Sting would just appear from off to the side, so- like like from underneath the the ring or something. It would be waiting in the middle of the ring when Seth Rollins turned around or something. Nope, nothing. Nothing like that. Well, I mean, Sting needed his energy to get to the hospital after uh, his fucking match. And just to show how little respect they have for Sting, I don't know how many matches I've ever watched where the entire match, the... uh, one of the wrestlers ring attire was just laying on the outside on the ground. Usually somebody goes and picks that up and puts it off to the side. They just left that around for somebody just for them to walk all over his jacket, Sting's jacket. Oh, it's awful. Just, I mean, just no respect. Absolutely no respect for the guy. Well, I'll give the hair and makeup people props. His hair was on, you know, on the, the hair was on a couple minutes. The, the makeup I still got a problem with. They're still leaving a good inch or an inch and a half around the hairline to where it's just bald skin. Take it to the hairline. I don't care if it looks 
If maybe he doesn't. I mean, I'll give them this. Maybe he doesn't want it that way. Maybe I know. I'm but not, I mean, then you got to yell at Sting. I mean, I don't that's know. who I'm yelling at. I don't know. If Sting... He needs to do it that far, and he needs to get rid of the fucking uh, soul patch and just let the white makeup go down. Because there's something about that that just doesn't. It. Yeah, there's something about it. I don't like that. He's got need to he's either the hair, like the dually curls in the back. Yeah, the you know. the slicking it back isn't working. He needs to part it in the middle again. Well, he needs to go surfer staying. Dude, that's did, did, did you he see? That's one of the things that. I posted on his page. I'm like, I don't give a shit what you do, but I hope the very last thing, very last match you ever have, you come out as surfer staying again, just for one time. Neon tights, flat top. Well, he's not going to be able to have a flat top with that hairline. I mean, they're going to have to <laughs> do some real fucking work, but. <laughs> You know, get to that match. I mean, uh, Sting looked a little slow. I got to be honest he with did. you. He, he did. He was not, a little slow before the injury. Uh, he did not. He, he didn't look horrible. You know, but uh, I think the first problem was when uh, Rollins threw him into the Spanish announcing table, and he, he I, you, I think he hit his, his head, head on the monitor. Yeah, he did. His hit, head hit off that monitor, and that so, can't feel good. Well, dude, why the fuck are they using these monitors still? Everybody else in every other sport is using an iPad, and the WWE is using a 1970s WKRP monitor that's, that basically is the size of a cinder block, wouldn't you say? Isn't it that pretty oh, much that not, size? I mean, that's a real monitor. That's I mean, what that's I mean. Like, Why are they still using that shit? Uh, for I guess for the announcers to like... Okay, uh, an iPad would work fine. Oh, I know. Anything. A I mean, killer MacBook. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're using the oldest possible looking monitor, obviously, for the guys to use. But I mean, those Jesus. look like the parking brakes for 747. You don't throw a 56 year old man through a table like that on those. Well, things. you do, but you got to protect him. I yeah, mean, that Rollins was... looks a little. He works very stiff. Uh, yeah, dude, he's very snug. I mean, everybody, it seems like, is getting hurt when they when that wrestle that guy. I mean, Cena blasted his. Or got his nose fucking around his neck uh yeah <laughs> and then but then he uh, that's not the only thing uh, then rollins gave him the 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 buckle buster and uh oh dude twice the he first had... one i thought looked a little stiff yeah then the second one i think sting tried to readjust how he was going to land because the first one was so fucking stiff yeah dude he, his leg was wobbling when he came out of that one i knew it was bad i knew when he uh uh he he Ducked under a clothesline and then he, he just buckled. fell. Yeah, I mean, and I thought, oh, when they brought the ring doctor, and I'm like, they've never done that before. Yeah, I, this I, could be an angle, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. For those of you that didn't see it, literally in the middle of the match, Sting goes to do an un, un, uh, underneath a clothesline, and he just just drops to the ground, and they call a ring, basically like in MMA, they call a ring doctor in to talk to him. Which has never ever happened, and so we knew it was bad. But you I don't thought, know if that's an angle. You don't know. I mean, I'm still expecting Owen Hart to drop down. Yeah, especially the way they want to bury this guy. It wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to make him look old and withered. But then the match continues. They sanction it to continue, and you think, well, the only reason it would continue is so Sting can win, right? That's well, what I'm thinking. Uh, no, if he was able to do one move, I mean, uh, right. So he puts him Sting gets him in a uh, scorpion, or he he puts him in the um, scorpion deathlock, and he can't even really apply pressure. He couldn't really. He was bent over when he had it on, and then Seth Rollins breaks out of that, which is like, well, what's the point of you know having the guy keep putting him in moves if he's going to keep breaking out of them? And I basically. Sting ends up putting him in another one and he turns it over, pins him, and it's fucking over. 
Like, yeah. what the fuck is the point of bringing this guy back to job? I mean, well, first of all, it's like totally devalues his this history when you have Rollins have this great match with Cena. He's got to be a little tired. <laughs> and then, you know, he's treating Sting like he's a fucking luchador. I mean, Rey Mysterio treated that guy in Tijuana better. <laughs> and he killed him. Well, his new finishing move is called the 187. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, so here's what I don't understand: <clears throat> the fucking face of Night of the Champions was Sting. I know that was the face of it. Why would they? Ha- I mean, that was just if that was planned. If that was an actual planned, where it was Seth Rollins was going to win it, I don't get it. Now, if it was changed when they were when Sting realized that he was really hurt, and he's like, "Hey, I." I can't win this night because I'm not going to be able to. I may not ever wrestle again. If he knew that and they changed it then, okay. But like I, I texted you, what they, they should have done, what they should have done was Sting should have won. If he feels like he has to retire, then he comes out on Raw and he says, I wanted to leave on top, drops the title in the middle of the mat. Everybody goes crazy and he's done. Like that's it. Well, I mean, they're going to have they're not gonna, uh, The Undertaker at 32. But they, who they cares at this point? They won't care if it's in a wheelchair. And maybe Kamala could do a run-in in the wheelchair. <laughs> but who, they've, but they've, people would care if broken they did him, it right. They've broken him his value down so much now. It's like the people have seen him lose twice for no real reason. I mean, what was the whole point of having a two-week angle of him... Stealing the statue and getting the statue of Seth Rollins destroyed just for it to be a one match, yeah. like a one and done. Oh, and two on pay-per-views now. The ones- What's he going to take on Cena next or, you know, like they'll let him have the U.S. title or something like one uh, match on Raw that they didn't even let go f- under five minutes with Big Show before uh, they did some wonky run in and then they turned it into a tag match and uh, with Cena and, uh, you know, it's just the worst booking possible. And then so then they announced that Sting's well, OK, so at the end of that match, like you pretty much called once the match was over Seamus comes running in tries to cash in and before he can get his his uh briefcase turned in Kane comes out and equalizes everybody why the fuck are they pushing Kane so much nobody cares about Kane I never gave a fuck about Kane when he was wrestling on a regular basis he's never been uh, the Undertaker yeah but I did a lot mark out for him when he was Dr. Isaac Yankum Okay, well, I you know I actually watched one of those matches the other night. It was uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Isaac Yankum, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, okay, there. But dude, I've never had any interest in the the Kane character, and they keep bringing him back as though he's Hulk Hogan now. Well, he's I in lost, every pay per view. I lost interest in the Kane character when they had uh, corporate Kane. No, when they had that whole Triple H angle of uh, the necrophilia drawing him into the f- match with Triple H. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that when they? Yeah, but the, I mean, every last, angle that you can think of, this fucking company has tried at this point. Well, they've done the fag stuff, and uh, you know, my favorite part of the, the old fucking old lady stuff. I love and, the, and even that one was was uh, mixed race. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not get into the racial fucking angles they have. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what has worse acting in it. You know, daytime car insurance commercials or when The Rock was a Muslim in the Nation of Domination. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that. He so, pretty much took that thing over in like three weeks. Or Muhammad Hassan, who was played like a Al-Qaeda-like character, uh, you know, but the, you know, and the black angles are just What, what, what about when, when everybody has known Iron Sheik for 20 years and they bring him back as Colonel Adnan as though nobody would ever notice he wasn't Iraqi? Yeah, they should have gotten uh, the guy from uh, AWA, uh, Colonel De Beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, like had that Raleigh fingers, or Frenchy. Yeah, or uh, Adnan. No, uh, it was there was another Arab. General Adnan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a creeper. There, well, there's this uh, Global Stars Feder- Federation Wrestling, which was at the Sportatorium. In Dallas, and it airs on some wacky channel on DirecTV, and I started taping. Is that the one that Jer- Jeff Jarrett owns? No, now? no, it was only it was only it lasted like uh, two seasons, and and like ninety one, ninety two, and uh, I only watch it because I'm a big Gary Hart fan, and he. Was, oh yeah, but the best wrestling promo ever is uh, Gary Hart is uh he's doing a promo for killer brooks and then he's in like an oil field parking lot and he's you know he's spoken jive you know you know my brothers and and all of a sudden this black guy in a cadillac pulls up not realizing they're filming something and it wasn't part of the shtick and gary Hart turns around and goes yo what it be my man i'm filming something right now and then the black guy just takes <laughs> off it was so funny uh that's awesome but uh, but it's weird. It was like only around for like uh, two years, and then they went out of business, of course, because I think they brought in the Von Eriks, and then there was no money, and then the Von yeah. Eriks were like, "I'm out." So uh, WWE was becoming a super force at that point. So well, oh, WWF. Yeah. I mean, they, they so weren't gonna, no one was going to compete with them. Although WCW and Georgia world class championship wrestling certainly uh, held their own right i don't think they were ever trying to compete with the wwe until ted turner came and said i want to be in the wrestling business so and uh, now there's tna i don't even know what channel tna is on i don't think anybody does but they are they're still on i think but dude i would like to uh check out that one that uh, Chavo Guerrero was telling you that he's oh, on. Oh, uh, why? Uh, that's on El Rey Network. Well, you know what? I didn't realize somebody, I was telling somebody about that and they said, oh, yeah, you know, Robert Rodriguez owns that. The yeah, director. Uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. Yeah. The so. dr- Robert, that's Robert Rodriguez's baby. So he said it's actually like done like a movie or something. Or like yeah. A- you've got like, uh, you know, high production value. I mean, uh, for the money that they put into it. I mean, you could tell it's, it's almost. Like looks like John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Like it's you could obviously they knew what they were doing, but there's not a lot of money in the budget, so it's real uh, guerrilla uh, camera shooting. I'm surprised they have permits to film uh, the fucking show. And Johnny Mundo, who I defeated at roast battle, uh, the great John Morrison. uh, He's in it. He's one of the stars. I think they just. uh, I don't know if Albert Del Rio is in that, but Um, oh yeah. He was either going to be in it or he's thinking about it. He should, man. He's got no future in the WWE, that's for sure. Well, he slapped some guy who basically called him a beaner. So, uh, or asked him, he said to him, pick up, you know why he got fired, right? No, why? He slapped some, uh, the, the head marketing guy of Twitter was like back there in catering. And I guess uh, that the, the catering area was like kind of messy. And he looked at Del Rio and said, clean it up. 
like basically saying, "Hey, Beaner boy, pick it up." And Del Rio was like, slapped him. So didn't know he was a wrestler. Oh, he knew. I mean, I, yeah. How could you be ahead of uh, the WWE's Twitter campaign and not know who Alberto Del Rio is? Oh, I thought you were saying he was like he was like a marketing guy for Twitter. No, no, I, he did okay. the WWE's gotcha, uh, gotcha, okay, marketing. okay. So, but oh know, yeah, that's fucked up. Del Rio's a legit fighter. Like he fought Mirko Krokop in MMA. Like, well, Andy was a superstar. And there's well, a level of respect that I, I mean, mean, I wouldn't mouth off to a guy who actually is competing in MMA legit. I mean, Mirko Krokop's a legend. So, so what the fuck did they do now? They've well, set it up. I mean, that that was maybe the biggest waste of a pay per view that nothing, no, no storyline, no storylines have come out of it. I mean, other I, than the divas. I mean, I guess uh, you could have Reigns and Jericho, maybe or, or dude, nobody cares about Roman Reigns, and they're just gonna push that guy to death. He just needs a good. Uh, you know, any wrestler can be a star if given the right writing and and whatnot. Well, dude, I know for I know for a fact he takes acting classes, and I know where he takes them, and he's just not very good. I mean, I happen to know, in fact, that they the WWE has an acting teacher that they take on the road to work with these guys. They should fire that guy. Yeah, well, that that I mean, I know who. Because I, I, a girl, that, a girl I, I I have done acting with has told me like, yeah, that guy Roman Reigns has has like popped into my class for cl- to like sit in on classes and stuff when he's in town, and she's like, yeah, they're just she's like they're just not very good well i mean here's the thing most of these acting teachers should take acting lessons i mean right these fucking people (laughs) i've never heard of one i mean my sister went to one it was the top might still be the top class the dl brown uh joanne d'lo brown yeah d'lo brown was teaching uh how to shake your ass off the top rope it was brown baron i forgot the exact name of it but dl brown was the played the car stereo salesman in fast times at Ridgemont high. Okay. <laughs> but he had like, like De Niro went to the, gave the graduation speech. Oh, okay. And it was the top class. And my yeah. sister took it. And Joanne Barron, I think was, uh, she had a couple bit roles in like Valley girl and, and, uh, uh, c- couple uh, other. It's like, why would I take? It's like if I want to learn how to hit a baseball, I'm going to ask Tony Gwynn, uh, even though he's dead. But uh, I'm not going to ask some dude, you know, playing in the soft comedy store softball league. Yeah. So I, I don't. Uh, De Niro's teaching a class. I'll take it. Seinfeld's <laughs> teaching a class on comedy. I'll take it. Um, if I'm teaching a class on what not to do in comedy, I'll I'd buy it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, you know, you can't teach, uh, to, like you take a guy like Roman, right? Well, he just can't talk. That's the thing. You can't make your brain just put together, uh, great dialogue. Roddy Piper was the fucking, he was the king of that shit. If you watch him, he never stumbled. He never fumbled. He just could go for it. It's just not for everybody. That's why they put managers with them. But for some reason, Roman Reigns, they won't put a manager with him. Well, well, Bobby Heenan out there, for God's sake. Well, you don't want to Jimmy do Hart. I mean, Bobby Heenan's not looking good. What about uh, Slick? Can't we get Slick back in? But Virgil. He, well, Virgil will do it. He's, He's looking uh, for that fuck you money. Uh, he needs the money. That's Dude, for sure. do you want any, any fans out there? Go out and follow Virgil on Twitter. It's Please. worth it. It's a laugh. He he po- he superimposes his face over Santa Claus's face. He posts all kinds of crazy shit. Well, I know who's doing it. It's not exactly him, but let's not... Lonely Virgil? Let, let's not uh, ruin the myth. Uh, 
But uh, please book Virgil. I saw him. At, he was judge at roast battle in New York. Was he really? Yeah, I saw a picture of him. Uh, there's two roast battles. There's you sure it was him? It wasn't just yeah. a black guy? Okay. No, it was just. Uh, it might have been some homeless guy. Maybe it was an angry black guy. The guy from uh, Howard Stern's show. Uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice. Oh, I, I've been watching uh, some of those Daniel Carver roasts from Howard Stern on YouTube. They're so funny. You know the KKK guy? Yeah, I haven't seen those, but I, I've I've went down the rabbit hole more than a few times. I'm watching Beetlejuice highlights and shit like that. Hank the Angry Dwarf. Well, the best was uh, Sheik and his rebuttals. So they get you know it's like any roast. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Guys with shit on this racist KKK guy, and then. They'd have him rebut. It was so funny. He's like, uh, uh, I don't want to call you. Some black guy was like, well, I can't call you mister. But uh, Daniel Carver was like, yeah, you can. Uh, you know, he's just He was quick with the zinger. Yeah, yeah. The guy was a complete moron. I mean, I'm kidding when I say that stuff. This guy lives it. Yeah. So, uh, but you can't, like, someone like Roman Reigns, you can't teach him how to act. He's either good at it or he's not. Right. And then, you know, these fucking teachers, if I had an acting teacher on my couch right now, they'd say you can teach him technique. But what could... Ta- Oh, shit. What good is technique uh, when you can't act? It's like if I took a basketball class on how to jump, but I've got no vertical ability, what good's taking the class? So, you know, the WWE, the, the, please, the, the John Cena movies were horrible. The one they put DiBiase's kid was horrible. The Marine 7, um, you know, Hulk Hogan's probably the best actor out of anyone they've ever had. No, Roddy Piper, dude. Yeah, but he did his own thing. That wasn't, they live, was Oh, right, right. That wasn't, that wasn't a WWE movie. Yeah, yeah, none of, none of, of Piper's movies. None of them successful. were. <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown, I was watching that. Dude, hey, I want to give a plug here. I want to give a plug to Pro Wrestlers versus the Zombies, the Roddy Piper movie right with a uh, hacksaw uh my friend and i watched that about three weeks ago that for if you love roddy piper that is maybe one of the best movies you can ever watch we he, all do he's a fucking hero in it he's cool as shit he's the roddy that we all know let's he's, go uh, he's the hero through the cast of this uh pro wrestling of course you had roddy piper uh, been a big stretch playing himself. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle, Matt Hardy, Jim Duggan, uh, Shane Douglas. Oh, dude, he's terrible. Sugar Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas, tra- they give him a lot of like really meaningful dialogue in this thing. And he's like, he's like the, the like, he's supposed to be the superstar of it, even though Roddy really is. And Shane Douglas is just not pulling his weight as far as the acting chops, dude. But you'll appreciate this movie, Earl. You of all people would love it. Well, Shane Douglas was good when he uh, was uh, improv, his hatred um, on the ECW. But it would give him scripted stuff. It's like, uh, you know, you might as well have Kamala read Shakespeare. Uh, just, you know, Piper was good because he was a great, he was good. You could tell he never had an acting class uh, like in They Live. That was just, just him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all you buffoons out there uh, coming out here to Hollywood to make it, uh, you know, don't take those acting classes. They're fucking scams, just like the comedy classes and all that bullshit. Just ask yourself before you come out here on the tuna boat and your J.O.J. just off the jet, uh, you know, do you have any fucking talent to come out here? Yeah. I do. That's why I'm yeah. out here. Plus yeah. I- if you have talent, taking those classes will help you uh, 
it will it will it will give you a formula to help kind of present it. But if you have no talent, no amount of formula, no amount of any kind of guidance is going to help you. Yeah, be I mean, real with yourself. The way Shane Douglas should have been in Pro Wrestlers versus the Zombies. Yeah, so uh, WWE should hire uh, you know uh, new writers, not actors. No, here's coaches. what they should do: they should go to the comedy store and they should hire a couple of the comedians there and tur- turn them into wrestlers, because those guys can actually talk. Well, I mean, uh, they sh- they need m- new writers, and they, they clearly they just have yes men to Triple H and Stephanie and and Vince. Uh, they should hire the booking me, man. is garbage. The booking is absolute garbage. But the bookers kiss that. They need a guy who doesn't kiss ass and yeah. get in there and go. That's not a good idea. That you know, they, they, I'm really the perfect guy. Yeah, they you hire. you and Hinchcliffe together would be perfect because you guys have dis- completely different uh, opinions of on your favorite. Type Types of wrestlers, but you guys both get the business. Well, they need just anyone who's not going to just. Oh, that's a great idea. Hey, let's bring in Sting, and then Triple H. You should beat him. I would if I was in that room. I'm like, listen, you guys love money. Who doesn't? It makes more sense for Sting to be Triple H. Yeah, first match in, sell some merch. Then that way, every kid in there, which at that stadium, which was there's a substantial amount who don't know who Sting is, are going to be that Monday. Who's that guy? Let, let's get the Sting DVDs. Let's, yeah, at least even on YouTube, they would go on YouTube. Let's and when you can monetize videos on YouTube, I'm sure WWE does. <laughs> they, uh, they know how to get them banned, so I'm sure they know how to monetize them. But you know, but. Then when Triple H wins, it's like, oh, who's? I don't want to buy that Sting guy's T-shirts or DVDs. He's just some, you know, fucking maroon. Uh, so they should have. It, it all lightest champions debacle started at WrestleMania last year. You know, you, you should have had him like win and then build him up and then have him lose to Rollins. Uh, you know, now he's zero two and cards. He fucking got a, a three minute match on Raw with Big Show before they turned it into a tag match so uh you know it's just it's buffoonery they needed someone in there to say no that's not gonna make sting look good Uh, you know triple h's character after wrestlemania uh, is the same whether he wins or loses so have him lose yeah they're not building triple h up to anything he's not gonna be i mean he's not trying to make himself champion again he's not trying to make himself uh He's not putting himself over for any reason. I still have never figured out what the whole point of that was. Unless it was just a, a, uh, here, this is going to be your, 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 uh, show of loyalty to the company is you're going to take a bullet for the team is what I thought that was. It's like, you're, we're going to put you through a little initiation process to see if you're really, uh, you know, to get the WCW out of you, you're going to job to Triple H and then we'll we'll start putting you on that, something. But that makes no sense. I, mean, I agree. But it's its first fucking match. you got to have him win the first match because then people are invested in who he is. Uh, you know, he was doomed after that match. Nothing they could have done. Uh, even if he beats Rollins, they, they would have had Sheamus do the cash in or the next night on Raw, Sheamus would have cashed in. You're going to have him have the fucking belt for 24 hours and then you know they should have built him up built him up built him up and then have him lose the undertaker yeah and that, that's fine everyone's cool he yeah a couple wins yeah then the, the undertaker's the champion one last time probably yeah and then seth rollins can beat him for the championship again if they want to go that route or lesnar they seem to really want to give lesnar the championship quite a bit 
Well, I, what I would have done at Night of Champions is you have Sting. Well, I mean, the injury happened, so, I mean, probably wouldn't have worked out. But Yeah, dude, that's the other thing. They didn't even fucking mention him on Raw the next night. There's no, we hope Sting's okay. There's no update on him. They don't even mention him. He was supposed to come out, and he was supposed to start Raw. Did you see that? No. On, on Lion, they were saying that, that originally they were saying, oh, his, his uh, appearance tonight's going to be canceled. And then they said, no, he's going to be making a, an extremely important announcement. He's going to be kicking off Raw. And then about halfway through the day, then all of a sudden the reports changed. And they said, Sting's going to fly home and he's not going to be at Raw tonight. And then when the show started, they made no mention of him at all. I know. They're just, they're awful. I mean, uh, I. You know, I pay nine bucks a month. I mean, I'll give them that. The network is a good deal for nine bucks. The network is worth it for watching the old shit, but the new shit, they're just, they're killing it. They're killing my interest in it because the only interest I have is Sting and Kevin Owens. Yeah. And I mean, they just, there's only so many times you can, I mean, they do do a good job with NXT. I mean, you know, but it's like Samoa Joe should have been, uh, he should have been there five years ago <laughs> and they should bring in AJ styles. That guy's a maniac. And, uh, yeah, he's Japan. another one I used to watch in the, the pro wrestling gorilla days. But so you, all three of those guys, Samoa, Joe Steen, all those guys, they were all there. I saw AJ styles the other night. Cause Josh Barnett, uh, who's got a big fight this Saturday. Friend of inappropriate Earl is yeah. headlining uh, UFC Japan uh, this Saturday, where he's fighting Big Baby Roy Nelson, uh, Josh Barnett, uh, ex UFC heavyweight champ, and then uh, got popped for roids. But we all make mistakes, and uh, so he's got a big fight. Uh, he does the announcing, okay, uh, with uh, I think uh, Moro Ronaldo or uh, ex uh, Strike Force uh, announcer. Uh, but AJ Styles had this match the other night in uh, All Japan. It was like, thank God, this guy's amazing. And uh, but you know, for some reason, uh, WWE doesn't like him. Uh, and they'll they'll probably bring him in when he's fifty six and bury the guy. Well, they got to wait for JBL to get his time in. Well, JBL's the worst. I mean, dude, he he really is the worst. He's boring as fuck. But I mean, he only got uh, the all those guys that they have on there are fucking boring. Other than the King, the new black guys. Like his guys. well, let's get this out out there right now. The fucking four douchebags that they have doing the pre-show, and that includes Booker T because he's up there. Those guys, the woman, the black guy, the guy with the neck tattoo, and Booker T, it's ridiculous. It's fucking stupid. They don't ever say anything that's good. They're up there entertaining themselves. They got Mountain Dew bottles. They never even crack the top on. Not a sip's taken out of them. It's a clear, like, just advertising, just, just... Who the fuck is drinking uh, Mountain Dew at eight in the evening except for me? <laughs> and you wouldn't even drink that shit. Uh, I do every now and then uh, when I'm tired. It's got just the amount of caffeine in it. Uh, I, I'll I figured you go for an energy drink or a dick pill. Well, I do. Uh, I do the Diet Mountain Dew because it's got a little bit of energy, a uh, little bit of caffeine in it, um, and then. Uh, you know, but it's just like, and even Jerry Lawler's shtick is old. You know the woo, the, you know and the fucking affliction sparkle. Shirts. Yeah, but I, I like some of his like he has some kind of funny one liners every once in a while. But it's like, dude, you're fucking sixty years old. Enough with the affliction. Uh, yeah, yeah, I sparkle agree. shirts and <laughs> you know, get some moisturizer, man. You look like a fucking. He looks sun dried. Yeah, you look like a fucking. 
piece of jack-o'-links jerky. He looks like somebody that gets a facial every day and their skin just never heals back up. Yeah, well, you know, according to Kamala, he gave a few facials, but... (laughs) I really implore everyone to go to uh, www.kamalaspeaks.com, buy a book. It's he, he autographs it. Believe me, he's got the time. Um, and he's still got the hands. Yeah. He's, I mean, thank God. Uh, you know, I mean, no feet. Jesus Christ. No legs. No legs. Yeah. That's, you know, and you know, I've been watching some old Kamala tapes. That guy was really fucking agile. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, we, we joke about him, but he could move in the ring. He really could. He had this spinning like uh, he, they brought him over to WC. When Hogan signed up over there, yeah, but it didn't. You know, they brought him. He went to ECW for a second. I think he did. I think in his book he said he had one match with TNA. Uh, he was very agile for uh, a like kind of three fifty or four hundred pound giant. He would do the spinning heel kick uh, that would get pretty high up, but uh, you know the loincloth. Yeah, but please buy his book. He tells some great stories. Uh, my my favorites are when he told on Piper's podcast where he's saying like the the Andre the Giant stuff and how Andre would get a little rough with him. And he goes, one day I pulled a gun out on him in the locker room and I said, you better fucking watch yourself. And he said, I'm sorry, boss. I don't think sometimes. I, well, you better start thinking. Well, you know, I think it was because Andre the now Giant. on. Andre the Giant was calling, uh, it was pretty liberal with his use of the N-word. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that was what was going on, if Which I remember right. It's crazy that even though Andre the Giant was a big guy, like... You, you hey, know. you heard Hogan's uh, rationale for why he was saying it. Well, I don't necessarily... Hey, that's just something we always said. Well, you know, I don't disagree with Hogan, I just wouldn't say it into a microphone. Well, he didn't know the microphone was on. Well, I guess I just did it, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I do owe some guy a book out there in Twitterland. I asked, uh, I had a inappropriate Earl uh, quiz, trivia quiz. Uh, what two episodes uh, were uh, the N word used? And uh, he guessed it right. He knew it right away too. You didn't mail him his books yet? No, it was too lazy. So if you're ever in LA, dude, you're listening to this. Uh, uh, I'll give you a tour of the Skakel compound, and your uh, Kamala speaks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, book, but I'm not going to give you my Twin Towers uh, shirt, a game and big box. <laughs> That's I threw away all my wrestling shirts, gave them to the retarded kid, but I'm not throwing away my Kamala shirts, any of my Piper shirts, or the Twin Tower shirt. Go on eBay, though. Well, they're all brand new for one thing. <laughs> yeah, but that Twin Tower shirt is the best. I wore it at my gym the uh, the other night. And, uh, on 9-11? Uh, yeah, I actually did. I, it's, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I wore my twin, and I wasn't even thinking. I was just, you know, because I just in the mood for some reason. No, I just never forget. Grabbed oh, this funny shirt to wear to the gym, and then I'm in the, I'm on the elliptical for my usual thing, and I look up, and they they show a CNN the towers going down, and then I'm like, fuck, it's 9/11. Then and you imagine the Akeem the African Dream going down. You know, my brother getting tackled down, <laughs> doing that hand thing. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, I don't even know what pay-per-view is next. Doesn't oh, really who the fuck cares? I mean, uh, at this point I'm done with those sons of bitches until, but, uh, until it's WrestleMania or maybe what survivor series. Do they still do that? If they do Survivor Series, then that's probably coming up in, around Thanksgiving. But well, they should do a Survivor Series where Hogan has to fight every black wrestler on the roster. Or save that for Royal Rumble. It'll be a special Royal Rumble. 
They uh, should do that for laughs. That would, you know, the that would be the first idea I would pitch Triple H. <laughs> Triple H, if you're out there listening right now, come on, Paul. You, you butchered Sting. Uh, I'm telling you, you know how dude. crazy that would be if they had a Royal Rumble where it's Hulk Hogan against Mark Henry, uh, New Day. Uh, I got a bit of gossip for you. So work uh, on it, Triple H. You pig. They mentioned that. Um, China was restrained and escorted out of Roddy Piper's funeral. Yeah, Did you hear about wasn't. this? I know uh, four people who were there. Okay, uh, you heard. Okay, yeah, they just said that she was. They thought that she was trying to film something for her documentary, or she was trying to get a moment alone with Triple H for her documentary. She hugged him for twenty seconds and then said, "I'm sorry" or something. I know four people who were there. Okay, I was invited, but I was too cheap to buy the ticket. I mean, if I wouldn't have bought so many Piper shirts, I probably would have had some fucking money to. <laughs> if get- you fucking scumbags that listen to this podcast would have made up some contributions to the Earl Skakel Foundation. Well, you know, this podcast cost me a couple grand in the gear and, you know, I got to get the fucking gay. Everyone's like, where's the next podcast? Where's the next podcast? You know, it ain't easy doing this, folks. If you yeah. think you can do not, a better job, fucking do it. Not uh, every guest lives right next door to Earl, yeah. just some of them. Thank God Melissa lived right next, literally, uh, episode 81, Melissa Archer, uh, world-renowned soap actress, a very cool chick, uh, very hot. She, yeah, she's beautiful. Married to a huge guy, so I'll leave it at that. They always are. Um, but he's real cool. He's, he's a super nice guy, and uh, I mean, how could you not be happy uh, you know, waking up next to Melissa every day? Yeah. So uh, you know, it takes a while to get people. But then I got uh, coming up next week. I got Mr. Belding. Oh, that's gonna be a fun one, dude. He, you gotta you gotta do me a favor. I've had a, a crush on uh, Mr. Belding. No, on, on Lisa Turtle forever. You gotta ask if he ever saw any signs of the the kind of like dementia or uh, bipolar. Who's that she, Lisa Turtle? She's Lark he's the black chick that was on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has a massive problem now that she doesn't own up to. But if you watch any interviews she does, you can tell there's something definitely disconnected in there. Well, you know, you got to work with Screech for seven years. Your mind would probably be gone, too. (laughs) Well, well, that's why, dude, I mean, that was literally my favorite show growing up. So if you need any questions or if you need anything, I used to buy all those books from like the the book fair, like all the behind the scenes shit on Saved by the Bell. And even then they would mention, I remember having one where they broke down like their schedule for the week and how they, they did the show and how they got prepared and what their class regiment was. And they said that there were, they wouldn't name them, but they said there's only one member of the cast that is, that is ever uh, a disciplinary problem. And they, they phrased it in a different way, but, but I always assumed it was Slater. And now we know it was Screech. He was apparently a real asshole. Even then, even a girl I know even said when she was uh, like eight years old or no she was like 11 years old she was on a float for like the rose the rose bowl and the cast of Saved by the Bell was on there and he kept trying to grab her tits and she's like and I was 11 well I mean I've been there so (laughs) Uh, but I met him at Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling uh, somehow someone wrote me into going to that. Was, Jesus, that some warehouse? Well, that's in like surprising. Compton. It was great though. I mean, I'm sure. To, uh, Where was it at? Was it on uh, Hollywood and Highland? No, dude. It was like at some warehouse in Compton, and I was walking around, and this guy in a golf cart uh, comes up to me. He's, hey, you need a ride to the set? I'm like, yeah. And I get in, not knowing who it was. Jerking you off, dude. I looked that over. And it was Bischoff. 
So I was in a golf cart with Bischoff, just pounding him with warrior questions. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and then just by chance, a few months later, I'm doing the, this comedy show on a Sunday night and uh, on the Third Street Promenade in some theater. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty full, but... Uh, Probably West Side Comedy Club. No, it was another place. Uh, and uh, I started doing this joke I used to do about how I met Stang and... Uh, did you uh no but i it was just i lied in the joke and i build it up like i was talking about the singer from the police oh okay for like six seven minutes and oh he was so nice and i was a big fan as a kid and just really setting it up and then uh in the joke i think i had it set up where i was telling a friend like you and i are talking right now and then uh the friend says hey did he sing every breath you take i'm like what the fuck are you talking about He's like sting the bass player from the police i'm like i'm talking about steve borden you dumb fuck <laughs> and bischoff was in the back of the room oh okay i forget why he was there uh but uh, he he said i like your sting joke i'm like oh shit it's bischoff i'm like hey you should do that billy and chuck angle again <laughs> he was the minister in the billy and chuck yeah guy. i know man. He, now bischoff was a good actor because if you go on youtube and look up the billy and chuck gay wedding angle you could see him doing the parkinson's shake like you know <laughs> just going like that yeah so uh so this is episode 82 jordan where can uh people find you on twitter I, although you've been on the show six times uh remind my fan base jordan the lion at twitter at instagram and facebook are you just jordan lee yep i am but yeah. are there like a million jordan lees yeah, there are, but I mean, if you know what I look like, you'll find me. I don't. I mean, I'm around. I'm kind of a loner, so I don't. I don't always accept friend requests. Nothing personal, but if I don't know you, or if you have a lot of, uh, we have friends in common, and they're people I don't really like that much, then I'm probably not going to accept you. But, but uh, if you communicate with me on Twitter, I will communicate back. I'm good about Twitter. But just say on Facebook if that's your mode. Uh, just say you're friends with Earl. Send him a message because I hate people who just send me. I got these three cunts uh girl comics who i've never met before uh sent me friend requests tonight no nothing like just trying to pad their numbers because they probably see my dick pic yeah and, probably uh, it's like just say hey earl it's me we met at the comedy store uh, or something you fucking conniving twats uh apparently it's obvious that i've had some bad breakups recently i don't know why people would gather that but uh, <laughs> you and rusev man i'm telling you man i maybe i should send him uh, out on the town in la maybe you should go to uruguay or wherever the fuck he's from i think he's actually from bulgaria i think he is dude because he's got that tattoo on the arm and that i mean that's kind of a move that's kind yeah. of a long stretch to not have. Not really. I mean, you watch Ink Master, you get these idiots getting these tat back major back pieces for the finale, and uh, they complain when it's not done right. Well, you're getting a free fucking tattoo. Don't go on a show, a reality show with ink artists who aren't fucking that great. Yeah, right. And Competing. then complain about the product. So, and then they have this new show called Ink Master uh, Redemption, where you can come back. And you get the same artist that fucked up your tattoo again. He's gonna. He's not good enough to put the tattoo on in the first place. So he has to fix it for, or he gets to do a, a cover up for you. Is that how it works? Or yeah, but oh, he fuck. wasn't good enough. 
to put the fucking thing on in the first place. Now you're going to have the same guy or girl Ugh. do a, a redo? Uh-uh. Dude, I, at that point, I think I'd let Boone do what he does to his shirts to my tattoo at that point, you know? Boone Shagalaka, legendary L.A. open micer who steals things and then sells them at the comedy store Allegedly. for a dollar. For a dollar. Not anymore, dude. He tried to charge me three bucks for a, a fucking Kenny Rogers shirt the other day. Well, that's because he's got a new black dude who comes up to the store selling athletic jerseys for like $100, and he, sometimes he gets it. Uh, so Boone's got competition now, but I'm not uh, ending the podcast talking about Boone's marketing strategy. <laughs> so inappropriate, Earl, I guess I am ending it. Uh, i got to head to the comedy store and go up in front of three people, but I like the spots, so thank you. Adam each it, it's more than what I got in 15 years so that ain't a complaint um, night Lois yeah Lois is uh, knocked out I walked around for about four literally four hours today she is dead uh, Lois is the greatest dog ever so uh, inappropriate Earl SoundCloud on iTunes please leave a review if you haven't on iTunes it helps me get featured if like you know I have like a hundred reviews uh, you know it's a big podcast world out there so uh, every and if you bit. have any uh, guests that you'd like Earl to have on you drive them over. Con, here. Yeah, connect Earl with these people. Make get them over here. Yeah, because Ron Jeremy isn't going to be able to stay awake for an entire podcast. We found out. Well, he can't. Guy's yeah. narcoleptic. He was falling asleep off and on in the comedy store, sitting up. But what a great guest that would be. He could talk uh, about. Dude, the, I don't know, man. But dude, his story. Even the other he day, rambles when, and ram. I mean, but like, that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, like, even the other day when Don, uh, the great Don Barris, asked him about mine and Don's favorite movie, Fifty Two Pickup. Yeah. He just asked him a basic question, and Ron Jeremy gave like a five-minute answer, and it was like that's the ideal podcast guest. Not only gave an answer, but that transitioned into his entire IMDb of, of basically like, oh yeah, and then I did this guy's movie, and then I did this movie, and then he had me back for this and this and this, and then I worked with this guy, and then that's uh, like ideal. I don't like if I mean, you can get a word in edgewise. It but I don't be. want to. <laughs> on a show like on the show like tonight it's different because we're talking about a particular uh, event but yeah like when i interview a celebrity like him i want to just ask one well, like melissa was great tell us what it was like getting on uh, uh days of our lives and then bam i went to new york it's like a 10 minute answer it was perfect so uh but someone like ron jeremy it's like you know tell us about 52 pickups so he, oh i worked with john frankenheimer's legendary director and uh i mean 52 pickups if you have not seen that movie i need to see it i haven't seen it dude the bad guy in that movie he's the number one guest i want on my podcast i don't know how well it would do uh you talk about acting and and like some guys have it some girls have it some don't john glover if you watch and he's a great actor he's been in a lot of things but his best role was a 52 pickup where he played uh, alan ramey the sleazy porno dealer uh that's good acting i mean you will not and he's doing some scenes with ann margaret roy scheider of course clarence williams the third uh great character actor robert trebor uh it's how this movie wasn't a little bigger is beyond me uh, just as good as fatal attraction it's kind of a similar storyline and just one succeeded one didn't but it, i mean john frankenheimer directed it 
Elmore Leonard novel. Uh, so the pedigree was like, of course, it was a Golden Globus movie in the mid 80s. Uh, those guys, you know, Delta Force and all that shit. So maybe it was that. But please, I, I don't get one dollar. But if anyone knows John Glover, uh, I've reached out through various channels. But it's on my bucket list to have John Glover on that couch. Call me sport. That was, his, <laughs> that was his big line in the movie. Like, so long, sport. So uh, watch 52 pickup and uh, inappropriate Earl. Let's make it bigger. You know, I, I do it for the fans. It ain't for the fucking money because there is the no pussy. money. So it ain't for the pussy. Uh, maybe the next. Uh, here's the next uh, inappropriate Earl uh, trivia. Uh, if you want a Kamala book and you're in Los Angeles, local pickup only. <laughs> Local pickup only. You can't even get to the post office, man. I'm not. This show ain't costing me any more fucking money. Uh, you crazy, dude? How gonna, far away do you live from the post office, Earl? Just out of it. That's what I thought. I, I'm not going to spend Because I'm pretty sure it's literally two blocks away or one block away, isn't it? Well, I tell you what. It's the, on the next street over now no, that no, I think no, about it. They moved it. it. They moved it. Now oh. They're turning that, that into a Walgreens. <laughs> See, Here's the deal. If you want your prize, that first dude who guessed the two episodes were the end drive to L.A. and pick it up. You got to send me a self-estamped... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's a mailer. Uh, Self-addressed stamped envelopes. Tweet me privately, uh, and DM me, and I will give you my home address. Call and, him the N word. Right, and which, but he got the answers right. It was the Carlos Rera episode and uh, the Jeremy Paul episode. There's yeah. uh, the next. Uh, this might create some controversy. Here's the next uh, inappropriate trivia quiz. Uh, name all the inappropriate guests that I have had sex with. So that's the next inappropriate Earl trivia quiz. Uh, I'm not. You're not gonna. And don't. Uh, you get one guess. Uh, don't. Don't have some class about it. Uh, once and, in your lives. And uh, yeah, for once in your uh, lives, uh, you know that is some decorum here. Some Earl decorum. is a person. And so are these ladies, sort of. And uh, I've seen them. So that's the trivia quiz. Uh, I'm not. No hints will be given. You get one guess. So don't make 58 tweets in looking up every female guest. Going, I wonder who we did there, here, here. And there were no. And male don't guests. tweet the women asking, "Did you fuck Earl after the podcast or before the podcast?" It's not fair. Yeah, because they're not gonna. They're not definitely not gonna answer your fucking tweets. <laughs> so uh, tweet out the show, favorite, retweet it. Uh, that's get. Gets the numbers that way. Get ground swell. I've been 82 episodes in. I'm still asking for help, you fucking maroons. So uh, let's get this featured on iTunes so I can get better guests. Uh, also coming next week, Mr. Belding and uh, legendary NHL enforcer, the great uh, Kip Brennan, who uh, now is uh, he's one of the good stories. You know, unfortunately, in the NHL this week, we had another suicide uh, by another fighter, Todd Ewan, uh, who I remember meeting at the Great Western Forum. I shook his hand and I looked at his hands and it was frightening how big his hands were and just so swollen from hitting helmets. And uh, he was only uh, only a year older than me, man, 48 years old, Todd Ewan. Uh, and he wrote some great children's books uh, that were actually really good. Uh, you know, if you have kids, uh, I, I forget the name of them, but uh, Google Todd Ewan uh, ch children's books and, uh, you know, uh, but Kip Brennan, uh, 
you know, he's actually got this great new cell phone business. I mean, he's one of the few who there was life after hockey and he prepared for it. But I have like 12 of his jerseys. So what I'm going to do when he comes in, I'm going to have them all on the couch. Good job. Uh, uh, His Sudbury Wolves jersey when he was a teenager to his last NHL jersey. Uh, So I'm excited to have Kip Brennan. Uh, He used to come to my comedy shows at the Friars Club. It was great to see the Kings and Ducks be in the same room. Uh, the Friars Club uh, had all these. It was new ownership. Uh, the Friars Club in New York had uh, fucking disassociated themselves with the Friars Club out here because it was a new guy. And he was, all he would have, he would hire whores to work this place. So it's a packed comedy show with whores running around everywhere. So the Kings and Ducks would come here if they didn't have a game Thursday nights. But uh, started by the great Ari David, uh, who's like some, you know, right wing. Uh, he's a he's a right winger now. Is the the Friars Club in L.A. still open? I don't think it is anymore. I know it's it was over there like. So kind of like Wilshire and Santa Monica. Yeah, area. that's where it was. And the Thursday nights was the comedy show. And for about probably a year and a half to two years, it was the hottest comedy show in the country. I mean, he, Ari wow. David had, he's crazy, but he had these, you know, Ian Bag, Brett Ernst, Sebastian, Tripoli. Uh, and he would always have me there when the Kings and Ducks were there. And uh, Joffrey Lupo would show up, Zine and Kanopka, uh, you know, I think Jason LaBarbera, the Kings and, and Ducks goalie would show up. Uh, Kip Brennan was there. George Peros was there. Uh, he's, uh, you know, j- recently retired. Uh but uh, Kip Brennan, I can't couch. wait to have him so, there because uh, he was one of the you know, last true enforcers of the game. Uh, better than numbers so are. Look forward to that. And uh, hopefully you got, got some iTunes, uh, potential ASAP big rock and roll guests. In but, the featured uh, section. You know, got to get him down. Which will make it really, really easier for me to get guests. So uh, if you guys can help me out a little bit, I'll help you out big time down the road. Maybe get someone like, I don't know, David Lee Roth or Gene Simmons, like I've mentioned 50 times on this podcast. Maybe Paul Stanley, you know, uh, he's done Joe Rogan's podcast. He's done Jericho's podcast. And now maybe he'll go, oh, this guy Earl seems pretty popular. Bam. Then we'll break down Vinnie Vincent's career and we'll get into those Desmond Child songs. It should have been included on the Kiss box set. So I'm sure right now if Paul got a tweet from me which he has he's like who the fuck is Earl Skakel uh, I tell you what Paul if you're listening and you probably aren't but if someone who knows Paul is listening and they probably are tell him I'm the guy who buys the fucking album still so let's keep it real Paul come on inappropriate Earl and guys we'll be back next week Dennis Haskins Mr. Belden Kit Brennan NHL Enforcer see ya yeah